Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. What is up, Gypsy Gang? We're back for Supercross Companion. 2020. Uh, this is going to be a little bit of an announcement podcast slash discussion. Yesterday, we got the news uh, that Supercross would be returning to Salt Lake City to host seven rounds of the remaining seven rounds of the Supercross Championship. Uh, Lucas Myrtle texted us with the news, uh, and I was like, dude, just call into the studio and we'll, we'll have a bit of a chat about it. Uh, really, really cool. Me and Myrtle, we've been friends for a really long time, and uh, I knew that when we started doing the video call things uh, into the podcast, that Myrtle would be a dude that I would be talking to quite a lot because, like I said, he's been a really good friend to me and he's always been a guy that would share information. Like, he was never one of these coy managers that just try to keep you in the dark constantly. Um, he is an agent to guys like Jet Lawrence, Hunter Lawrence, Joe Shimoda, uh, Ryan Villapoto. Uh, he's definitely a big deal in the industry when it comes to that agent world. Um, and he's a really, really rad guy. So we spoke for ages uh, just about what this whole seven-round I guess, mini-series at Salt Lake means, who could win, who looks good. We spoke a lot about Hunter and Jet. Um, so, yeah, super informative podcast with a really cool guy. Uh, as always, these podcasts are brought to you by the legends at Boost Mobile. Uh, anytime you actually see anybody calling into the studio, uh, I have my iPhone hooked up to the streaming PC running Boost Mobile data. That's the most reliable way that I can get people in and out of the studio uh, remote. And yeah, so this is it's not an ad, like that's just literally what we do. Um, so Boost provides the internet uh, that lets our guests call in, which is epic. Um, also supported by the Legends at MX Store. Their showroom is open. They are pumping orders out the door. Uh, the same day shipping still is in effect. Uh, you can head to mxstore.com.au for anything you need. Also tracks are opening up, so we need to start uh, getting the ball rolling. Uh, with getting those bikes out of the garage and onto the dirt. Uh, also, to the guys at Thrill Seekers, uh, make the best seat covers in the game. You can head to their website, thrillseekerscollection.com, and use the code GYPSYGANG. Uh, we're also sponsored by the guys at Rival Inc. Design Co. You can head to www.rivalincdesignco.com. Use the promo code GYPSYGANG for 15% off your order as well. I've uh, got a couple more codes to throw out at you if you need some fist Handwear, the best gloves in the game. 
the best gloves in the game, made by the coolest motherfucker in the game, Sam Moore. Uh, you can head to fisthandwear.com and you can use the promo code FUCKJACE to get 20% off your order. And if you are in the market for some new flannos, uh, you can head to Dixon Quality. That's with two X's. Uh, DixonQuality.com.au. Use the code RAMPTHIEF and that's going to get you 15% off. Um, also, the guys at Cricks, uh, you can still buy a new or used car and go in the running to win that brand new KTM Full Bitty. Full Bitty. Um, yeah, really appreciate you guys listening. This was a really cool podcast. Uh, and man, I'm excited. We will be streaming the Supercross Companions live from now on. So if you can't watch it uh, through your like TV provider or on the internet, you can watch us free on YouTube. Uh, really excited for it. This is this has got me pumped. Life's getting back to normal. Thanks for listening, guys. And uh, from the gang, gang. Gang and they come and get gang. Gang and they come and get gang. Gang. Gypsy gang. Gypsy. Gang and they come and get gang. All right, Lucas Myrtle, my brother. What's happening, dude? Not too much, bud. Just got home this afternoon. Uh, about 6 o'clock, sorry. Got home about 6 o'clock tonight just from Cleveland from that Fight Club event. Yeah, how was that? Epic, epic. It was... Dude, the guys were sending it yesterday. Yeah, really? Like... Kevin and Ryan and Weimer, uh, Travis, dude, uh, it was awesome to be there. They got a pretty good following. Um, you know, it was, I was stoked on it because it was actually Rob Bidas, Denny Hartwig and Ryan who, who came up with the idea, you know, and they pitched it to me probably like three weeks ago, four weeks ago. And I'm just like, how's it going to happen? Like, I was like, not a chance, you know? Um, and they pulled it together. Yeah. I mean, it looks sick. I haven't had a chance to watch it. I was going to try and pull a, like a companion together for it, but it was just a little bit, a little bit too short notice, um, yeah. for us to, to pull it together. But I was going to try and watch it, uh, with the boys, just watch some of the replays, but it seems like it's getting quite a bit of, of love and press post event. And like even all day yesterday, it seemed like it was sort of going off as well. No, yeah, it, it was solid. Like, it got a lot of PR with nothing else going. I think that was the major reason we pulled the trigger, Ryan and, and Rob, and that was to put on something special with no content going around or no racing going on at, at the time. So um, it done well, you know, done really yeah, well. I think, too, And I thought the product was good. Yeah, yeah, I, get, I just can't comment on it yet, but I mean, I'm sure you know what's up. But. I mean, the production, like, because it was put together in such a sh- short time frame, the production needed a, needed a you know, you, you weren't going to knock yeah. it out of the park, you, you know. And I knew that going in, like, for where it could have kind of crashed, in my mind, what I was worried about, like, the server went down or yeah. all of a sudden, they, you, you know, like, the, being around live events, I was... It's, you know how many things you can plan for, but you've got to have the right people to plan for the unplannable, you know? Yeah. And that, I thought they knocked it out of the park. And, you know, obviously the, the production had had a little bit of issues. I think everyone kind of warmed up during it, but, you know, moving forward, I think it's, it's a stepping stone and a potential for other pay-per-view and direct income kind of events, direct competitions. 
Yeah, I think it's sick that, I mean, purely just for the fact that, um, you know, it, it seemed like it was a bit of a by riders kind of organized event. And I think any time that you get a four-time Supercross champ like Villapoto and then you get all of the supporting cast that was there, I think that anytime that comes from a rider, like the fact that it came from Ryan, there was such a big push from Travis and then K-Dub, like to me, I think that is like actually pretty unprecedented to have a group of riders come together and put an event like that on, you know? Yeah. It was, like I said, Ryan will even tell you when they pitched it to me and called me, I was sitting here at the desk. I'm just like, I love it, yeah. but how are you going to pull this thing off? Like yeah. I, absolutely love it uh if you're wanting me to pull this off i <laughs> i am too busy you know and we had certain phone calls we had and those boys ran with it and 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 in my opinion knocked it out and created it, there will be more of them coming you know yeah right so is yeah. it gonna be and i like i like that platform for moto not even moto but imagine what i could do with that platform of you know direct content a sponsor release but not pay you know people wouldn't have to pay it'd yeah. be cool like team release stuff like i think that uh, it, it there's a there's there's legs to it for sure yeah just to like the concept in general yeah yeah no it's um yeah i think that kind of by riders for riders thing just is yeah it's impressive and it it's cool like the it seems like ryan these days has sort of done like I don't know, like, I get, who's, like, a good example, but it seems like Ryan was just one of those, like, really sheltered kind of, um, not sheltered, but kind of, like, withdrawn guys during his career, and then it seems like post-career, when you look at events like Straight Rhythm, and then this event that he does, and the 125 Nationals, and all that sort of stuff, it's like, I don't know, this, ver I'm fucking down with this version of Ryan Villapoto. Yeah, no, everyone is, it's fun. You know, it's it, um, like literally, it seems like everyone is down with like this dude. We're like, fuck, man. I wish we had this guy, but then he probably wouldn't have won all the titles if he was being this. No, dude, you can't you know? have you can't have both. Like, yeah. uh, like I never represented Ryan during his race career. It yeah. was just after he's retired, um, so I wasn't there. But I can tell you, and, and I can tell you, and you know, because you've been around the guys before. When you're paid to win, anything but that isn't going to cut it. That's a yeah. fail. That That's a fail. So when you saw Ryan at those races, he was paid a lot of money. And, and you know, and I know, it's not yeah. fun. It yeah. ain't fun going, like, as an agent going to A1, like, I'm not just like, oh, this is just such a fun time. Now, yeah. athletes are 10 times that or 100 times that. So it's pressure. They train all week, right, for for a 20-minute, 15-minute main, which the whole world would judge you on. Yeah. So and I always hear when people go, dude, this guy sucks or he ain't cool. I'm like, no. Remember, this guy either has a contract coming up, he's training, he needs to get a result, or, hey, he's he just signed a new deal and he's paid most. So anything but win will have the guy, the 22 guys in this truck behind him going home depressed, yeah. pissed off worry stress that's like it's immeasurable unmeasurable that yeah. amount of pressure that you just can't be like the ryan you see now yeah and then like the guys it's not like ryan's gonna have 
a bunch of dudes that he can kind of relate to and turn to and it's like you know you can kind of turn to a guy like yourself as a as an agent agent that's been around the sport for a long time but like there's really no one that you can kind of relate to because those people you're, you're on the gate with them and like you're competing so heavily with them yeah yeah like I try and relax, like I try and take that away or, and you put the right pieces in play and be very conscious of it, Yeah, you know, it still lives there, you know, it's still very much a part of it, you know, and um, yeah, the new Ryan, like when I started representing Ryan, I was like thrown in the deep end a little, like yeah. when I took it on because <clears throat> he didn't really have the happiest partners, not that there was any beef, but yeah, well, he wasn't These really, part- like, a dude that was, like, actively trying to, like, service his partners. He was just the dude that won. Yeah, yeah. So all his relationships were very much steered, I feel, towards this winning thing. And then it didn't really evolve after it stopped, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. And it's no fault by anyone else or, or whatnot. So when I in- inherited Ryan and to do his stuff, it was – we made, it, made the manufacturer change right yeah. away. We changed our gear, helmet, <clears throat> a whole lot of stuff. Now, it wasn't because that's all that was available. It was more like, mate, like if fresh, we're going to do this, fresh right, start kind fresh of start. Yeah, yeah, like let's, let's just create new history with each partner yeah. moving forward. And so, hey, um, and from actually, but before I know, we, fuck, I know we could talk for ages, but I've got a very particular thumbnail on this video and it's going to be going up on youtube because you sent me a text i haven't even read the full text i actually wanted to wait to read the text until we were on this bitch together um but yeah you sent me an interesting text which prompted this uh phone call which was kind of overdue anyway uh but this is from you today hey guys update we are racing may 31st in salt lake city i can tell you we will not be able to leave and we are stuck there for three weeks if you do leave then you will be have to be back there two days prior to the race to be tested again also we will have to be there two days early to be tested schedule is as follows may 31st east june 3rd east june 7th east june 10th west june 14th west june 17th east and the series finale june 21st east west god damn boy that's the shit we've been waiting for that's the text yeah. i've been waiting for myrtle you come through oh uh, yeah yeah dude it, it's been a stressful time dude, um, and then even even since like even since you sent me that text and, and, and you've had just so many for calls. clarity on that text that could change that might change in the next hour Fuck. you know so that was more the mud map at about four o'clock this afternoon no one's really was meant to know i i you're not posting this till later so nah, nah. you know everyone the key people in the industry uh, are all we're all chatting and, and you know got a lot of work to do to to get it going but stoked mate like i don't think people understand how uh, the value of a racer is if they race yeah you know and yeah. like these guys race uh, and i don't it, it, it was unprecedented and and kind of very concerning for, for, for a lot of people. But yeah. like uh, Feld's been working on this for about a good six weeks, seven yeah. weeks. And like it went from, okay, pandemic, we're not racing till September. And yeah. I was like, fact, you know, it's fact. It's not happening to holy, holy shit. If Supercross comes back early with no crowds, which we can pull off, we'll be one of the first sports back in America. 
mm. live on and- live on NBC, not NBC Sports, but live on NBC yeah. is the TV package. And and you got I got to give props to Feld. Like, dude, they've done an awesome job. They're uh, they, they cop a lot of shit, right? Yeah. From people in the media and whatnot, right? That ah, they're just. Hey, not I'm really one of them sometimes too. I'll admit, yeah. like I don't, I can't sit here and say I don't. Yeah, but but everyone kind of quizzed them. Like, do they care about the sport? Do they? Yeah. Do they want to grow it? Right. So the answer is yes. Like, uh, the fact that they're going to put up the money right now, and this is going to get overlooked by a lot of people. Feld's still running like. This race, they've still got to put all the money into building mm. seven tracks, getting everyone, you know, re-employed, you know, yeah. everything going. For they're not going to bring one bit of dollar ticket revenue in, which is how they make money. So mm. Feld probably potentially is going out three, four mil on this yeah. to grow the sport, yeah, to to, yeah. to grow Supercross, and they get there. And and you, I was so stoked because if you asked me if they would, I would have said no, they'll kill it. There's no way. It doesn't fit in their business model. They're a promoter. They sell tickets. They put bums in seats. But for them to go, no, this is the biggest opportunity our sport can have, being one of the first sports back mm. and live on NBC. I mean, that goes to every, you know, that will get the sport where I'll be walking down the street and people will be talking about it, you know, yeah, not yeah. just a Saturday night competing against college football uh, or, you know, the likes baseball hockey you know people have a lot of choices yeah you know and that that's why the growth kind of just it just grows a little bit but for us to get this i mean i'm over the moon yeah dude it's um it's so true like that was um that was definitely one of my thoughts through all of it is because i've i've been like kind of critical of feld um in ways but i guess it's not really critical of feld as a I feel like my criticism of them is not necessarily a criticism as such. It's more of just like, I kind of like, they shouldn't really give a fuck. Like they got Disney on ice. They got, they got so much other stuff that would be so much more profitable. So, I mean, I don't feel like Feld, I don't feel like Feld runs Supercross as though it's the only thing that they do. If that makes sense. Like if you look at Adam Bailey and the boys from AME, it's like, that's the fucking only event they do. Like that's their flagship thing. So every single detail is just like so down to a T with those guys. And it's all around like moving the sport forward because it's like, that's the horse that they've got in the race. Whereas with Feld, it's like, they've got so many horses in the race that it's almost understandable that, you know, Supercross isn't the household name. It's not Disney on ice. So it's like, I've, I fuck, I get it. I wish it was their only deal, but with that being said, you get to a point uh, like we are now where they're like, uh, well, we've, we do have millions and millions of dollars that we can spend. What is going to be the most viable live sport that we can bring back and get on network television? So it's kind of like now I'm kind of glad that we're not their main horse, but they've got the cash to spend on us, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. Like I said, I, I if we were, if we were talking about this, uh, month no two months ago i it's september until they it's not coming back i would have said it's not coming back until fell could put butts in seats i would have yeah said, dude that's their business model i would have said no way no way that's going to go down like that but it, it they've done it so it's 
super cool um so now dude like the bench racing i mean we had hill like we did our first um gypsy tales worldwide the other day and we had hill on and we sort of spoke about um who basically wins this 450 title if it is the seven rounds with the two week you know two rounds per week kind of deal like we sort of started speculating and um we kind of both agreed that if it went to uh if it went to phoenix ken pretty much smokes everybody um mm -hmm. he was like literally unbeatable there uh this year um but then you've got the kind of question marks that come up with like his fitness and his health and i mean you're kind of beating a dead horse at that point because it's like you, i don't think we're ever really gonna know um mm -hmm. but hill seemed to think that if it went to salt lake which is, is where it is going then the advantage squarely goes towards tomac uh because he obviously lives at altitude uh, very similar sort of uh, similar climate and that altitude will play a part with two race weekends um, like essentially two race weekends per week for um, for basically the end of May and June yeah um, the biggest thing on Salt Lake I think I don't know if you remember it's really windy dry yeah. and yeah. dusty shitty yeah. dirt like it's not like it's not like a dallas or a phoenix good clay or anaheim anaheim clay can dry out but you know it when when we were last there i mean the first 30 rows like and on the back side of the stadium we're just getting nailed with dust uh. the whole time like and remember the, the event last time we were there was when uh anderson memory broke the spokes and the yep. wheel and they had to change the wheel yeah and yep, it yep. was it was just a dry kind of blue groove crappy trap um yeah. and i but and and it's no roof right now so you're going to bring in a possible from what i'm hearing some mud races could yeah. we could get some rain yeah. and then it, you're going to also get the altitude which is yeah. going to play in so uh to go on to your point who do i think i i think it's going to be the most consistent guy yeah and who is the cliche. most consistent guy right now then no it, it, now it's a shootout right who's yeah. going to be going like it you can't i don't think you could have judged it until daytona mate like because everyone's making their own slow runs that you know a bad race doesn't blow you out you know yeah like, you still had time it's it's more of a it's more of a marathon now this yeah. thing's a sprint to the finish so yeah. everything's going to matter so you know can Tomac throw a can, Tomac can throw one away yeah. very easy yeah very easy like like I think for raw speed it's it's him yeah but if you're asking who's going to win the title and if I stick to consistent I think it's Ken because I think Ken will get good starts and yeah. he'll do what he needs to and he'll let I think Tomac will blitz him in a few times but we all know Tomac can go it can fall apart quick and he yeah. can drop 25 it's over yeah that's what i'm worried about tomac will have to blow our minds and go get starts and not make those tomac mistakes where next thing he's 10 seconds out and then flies off the track you yeah. know like and that's what if he does win the title that way hats off to eli like yeah. he's a he's a run and gun guy you know he'll 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 gun and, and run and and do whatever where i i think it can will be he'll he'll play he'll 
you know, we break down percentages, I think a 3.5 will probably, he'll look at that. If I have a 3.5 finish rate mm. against, against, I'll win the title. Yeah. So if he goes in like that, you know, he, he, he percentages would be to win that title going on past of what Tomac's results are. Yeah. He should get it. Man, no one really treats this shit like uh, like Moneyball kind of, you know, like the way you're talking. Like yeah. I know you're a big, you're just a big sports guy in general, but it's like no one really treats Supercross like a Moneyball to where it's like, well, last year a three point seven five average won the title, and it's like, yeah. all right, where are we sitting? Are we above average? Are we below average? Like, it. I always kind of wondered that. Like, <coughs> even at even at JDR, like when I started to see. Uh, like just by being around the sport week in, week out, week in, week out, like really starting to see the trends, see the way that it, it was sort of, it played out quite similar every weekend. Um, yeah, our sport really lacks a lot of that, that thinking, doesn't it? Yeah, no, for sure. I like to break it down cause it makes sense to, yeah. to my questions or, <coughs> sorry, it took my throat. So, um, like for outdoors, for example. Who I always think whoever has the highest start percentage, highest start position will win an outdoor title. Yeah. Then you'll find that like this year, Cincerello, his start percentage was higher than anyone else. He he was always in that top five, and any yeah. contender was throwing a thirteenth in the mix and and whatnot. You know, and Ferrandis came back strong for sure, but his start percentage killed him. If you broke mm. down Ferranis' outdoor season last year, his start percentage killed him. Yeah. It wasn't every speed. It was the start percentage where he started and what he had to deal with against the, his main rival, Adam. Yeah, no, it makes so much sense, man. But I just like, yeah, we just sort of don't seem to play by oh. the numbers in our sport the way that other sports do. And I just know that you're a big football guy and like I know that you sort of know sports when it comes to that. I'm a, yeah, I, I'm a big analytical guy. Like, you know, there's no room, you know, more in my job. I don't, like if I'm selling an athlete or, or whatnot, I gotta, I gotta know what he is. Right. Yeah. You know, so say if it's, so, say for example, you look at Hunter Lawrence, when, when I signed Hunter, he, he was starting 19th and then coming all the way back. Yeah. So you have you had to show what that meant, what that, what that really meant and showed that potential team owners and, and teams here. It was like, no, 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 no. look where this goes. Look what yeah. this does and does, right? He's on a semi factory Suzuki at that time, you know, so he wasn't getting good starts and it's not the greatest bike anyway. So yeah, yeah. like, so for that's example of just like, it's not just like, Hey, you like the guy you want to sign him. You have to, you know, you have to be competitive uh, and back up what you ask for. Yeah. Um, so with the so with the lights championship, then so you represent uh, the Lawrence boys. You represent uh, Cooper. Who else have you got on your roster these days? Uh, RJ Hampshire. Yeah. Uh, Who's having a great season, by the way? Artrance, Jacob Hayes. Yeah. Um, Joe Shimoda. Yeah. Sweet. So what, um, I guess first, first things first, like when is, um, so Jet will obviously be back for every round and then so will Hunter, right? Yeah. Hunter's going to make his de debut the series. That's sick. What's it been like being around the, the Lawrence camp with the way that, uh, obviously Jet had, 
Fuck. Could you have pictured Jet having the kind of breakout that he did um, this year? Like, I mean, I don't think anyone could guarantee, like, predict the drama that kind of, you know, the way that it happened. But, I mean, I definitely thought after seeing him um, at Marvel Stadium that he was really going to be, like, he was going to be as good as everybody sort of said he was, if not, if not better. Um, but then A2 came around and it was just like, Jesus, fuck, like we have like this is like a new thing uh i i knew it yeah i knew he was gonna be good so he he's he wasn't in his plan to ride supercross this year with Dude. with honda america and geico and everything it wasn't the plan what the plan was was going hey go outdoors right yeah. because it goes against everything i've been preaching that like you can't take a young kid supercross that young they're just not ready it is such a big environment big space so what we did go heck let's do a full supercross prep with him as if he was racing as yeah. if he was making his debut and just see where we're at if he, if he if we stumble and we fall we just know we'll be 10 times ahead of where we would be if we just do outdoors and then go oh yeah you're racing yeah. supercross so why wouldn't we we do that now you know, and Darren and, and Osho, like, that was kind of the plan after Monster Cup. Let's just yeah. do that. And then from there, like, it slowly evolved. Like, dude, just really good. Like, just doing good. And we're like, we know it. And then the lap time started rolling in. It's like, yeah, Jet was the fastest today. And I'd get that phone call. I'd be like, holy shit. So then, then obviously more conversations happened between myself and Darren and Osho and the team and, and Honda here. And they're like, he might be our best guy, <laughs> you know, and not saying anything bad against yeah, him, but yeah. Jet has this freak ability. He, he's, he's a special athlete. Um, so I knew it and I was texting like a couple of the media guys before the season. They said, Hey, how's your guy going to do? And I learned from being young and full of energy. And I was like, eh, he's not going to lack speed is what I said. <laughs> he's not going to lack speed. But we're still going to be a 16-year-old. He's still going to be a 16-year-old out yeah. there. And so what happened at A2, although it took 10 years off my life, yeah, uh, that was that's always it's still. There's, you're going to see more of uh, a few more of those issues. Very Carmichael, Bubba Stewart. You know that they, they go so fast yeah. that the only way to learn to hold it at that speed is to let it bite you a couple of times. You know. Yeah. And I was. And, and at A2, honestly, I was, I came down from the suite down because I'm like, oh, he's going to win this thing. You know, so yeah. I went down to the floor and I saw that in the last lap. I was standing right there to the right of that start gate. He had to look up that inside. So I wasn't even mad. I, I felt he was going to go because he went into that 180 ball. Yeah. He was going to punt. He was going to go straight up the inside there and stop if he needed to. That's yeah. what Jet was going for. So yeah. I'm like, wasn't even mad at that. It was just like he could have relaxed in the whoops and then took took a beeline to the exit of that corner at him. You know? Yeah. Dude, so I was having I like I was having all these conversations with Jed after Melbourne, because um, we hung out a little bit there and he was uh you know, he was like typical rookie sort of thing and talking about like, oh, this and that and I don't know, I just like I really wanna get a win and I really wanna get this and I really wanna get that and like blah 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 and I ended up texting him back and I was just like, Hey man, so let's just, let's just play it out like this. Let's say if, when I, if I walked up to you at a Coolum club day, when you were nine years old 
and I told you that you were going to win a Supercross race at 17 years old. You were going to lead wire to wire and fuck up the 16. entire field at a Supercross race at 17. As and if I 16. told you, yeah, but if I told was, you that as a as a nine year old kid, you would how what would your reaction be? And he's like. He's like, dude, if if I knew I was going to win a Supercross race at 17, wire to wire, I'd be so fucking pumped. And I was like, cunt, you're 16. You don't, like, you, who cares yeah. if you, you don't need to win this seat? Like, let's play it out like you don't need to win this season. And you're still, like, I would guarantee based off, like, how you're riding right now, that by 17, you'll be winning, like, a bunch of main events, you know? And it's like, I just was trying to give him that analogy of, like, if yeah. I went back to you 10 years ago and told you you were going to win at 17, you'd be pumped. So, like, still be pumped to win at 17. Like, you don't need to win this year, even though we all fucking know you can. But then again, it's yeah. like, I think what he did at A2, I think it was literally, like, instant legend status. Like, he literally created a a brand for himself and almost, like, a legacy for himself at 16 like, years it, old. It's crazy. It was kind of like his hero moment. Oh, you know? for sure. And how many so, more of them do you think he's going to have? Like, it's untold well, how couple. many is possible. Uh, there'll be a couple coming up. Dude, for sure. So, but and then you, like, everyone thinks A2. But remember what he did at a, uh, St. Louis. Maybe what? he was tracking Faulkner at the whole main. And yeah. then he clipped, he clipped that hay bale and yes. it bent the rear brake around. Yes. And, and, and the funny thing is, after that, after that uh, main event, he was like, "I was going to punt Faulkner. Yeah, like, I was going to get it. Like, and I'm kind of thinking, hey, I most people would have just been like, dude, this is a comfy second, yeah, maybe third. No, no, no. He looked me in the eye, and he was like, dude, I was going to win that. Like, and not like oh, I was going to win it. And does that make you feel good, Mertz? Or this, you know, that's what everyone in the world wants me to do. No, he looked at he looks at he looked at me like as if it. You it know, was just like point it, blank. It's Saturday night. No, yeah. no, it was going to happen. Yeah. Like so, so he does have a certain confidence, but so you know, so does Hunter. Hunter's the same same way. So yeah, Hunter's a superior athlete himself. So the two of them and and Jets just being feeding feeding off Hunter, which will which you're going to see, in, in all honesty, Hunter's every bit as good as Jet on a Supercross track. Um, yeah, so what's the so what coast is Hunter going to go to? Is he going to go <laughs> onto the West Coast when we go back racing here? I believe so. I believe so. It's, I'm, that's the plan now. You know, I like how many East Coast rounds there are, but 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 because of the rider situation at the team, yeah. Um, it probably makes more sense to put Hunter on the West. Yeah. How do you think that, um, did it affect Hunter at all seeing, cause like, obviously he's going to be super happy for Jet. I, I'm not close with Hunter at all. I know Jet, um, just from us hanging out so much at, in Melbourne. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously he's going to be happy for his brother, but like, there's definitely that moment should have already happened for Hunter and it kind of hasn't yet. Right. Yeah, no, no. Hunter won Des Nations. Uh, you yeah, know. that's true, I suppose. Yes, and that put him on the map, and then he finished Fuck, we the strong. Get quick. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, and that's I, that's my job. I'm I'm their representative, but 
No, Hunter. Hunter won Des Nations. When was the last time someone, an Australian, won the Des Nations class? Oh, dude, I wouldn't even know if, one, if anyone's done it, to be honest. And he caught and passed Osborne, you know? And then, you know, like, he was special. He is special. And yeah. then, don't forget, he has had some unfortunate setbacks on Supercross. But I can also tell you, I've represented a lot of kids. Hunter's just caught, it's just been bad luck. Yeah. Jets had Jets had just as many big ones, you know, or you know, lessons are probably easier to call them on the yeah. supercross during the week as Hunter. It's just like, dude, honestly, Jace, every time he's hit the deck, he's got it it's cracked his collarbone. Like he did two collarbones and then, you know, it's just been that from that pushing, which yeah. every guy goes down. You've seen it. Guys go down at the practice tracks yeah. a lot. You know, yeah. and especially good guys because they're going to be pushing. They're pushing. Yeah. You can, a lot of guys can do a lot of controlled laps, but you'll never see any speed out of them. You know, dude, so, it's scary, man. Like, there's something scary about practice track crashes, eh? Like, I've seen some fucking big ones, man, where it's just like there's no crowd noise, there's no reaction. It's just like it goes no, silent, hear, and then and you hit and France slapping. Yeah, and you just fucking run to the dude and you just hope they're all right. Like, dude, I saw James crash one day at the Stuart compound and it was fucking huge. <laughs> like, so, so, so big. And the, the instantly the mood, like we were there testing with uh, Malcolm and Matt Moss and like the vibe was rad. Everyone was pumped. Like, you know, we were filming. It was a good day. And then Jimmy goes down hard and then... It's literally like the fucking life got sucked out of that whole place and just everyone starts running. But there's just something scary about those practice track crashes. No, he didn't get hurt at all, bro. He went home. But like, dude, just it was fucking huge. Yeah, the worst thing is if I'm not there at the track is when I know everyone's practicing. Yeah, I shouldn't be getting phone calls ever from a mechanic or a parent between 10 to 12.31. Yeah, so, dude, I, I've been on comp. I'll see, or a trainer calling me at eleven. A trainer should not be calling my their writer's right agent at eleven o'clock when you're on the track. Yeah. I only mean one thing. Yeah, they suck. They suck, and it is. It's a part of the game. But yeah, um, dude. Um, uh, so yeah, that's just the case on Hunter. Like he, he's gonna. Everyone's gonna be like, "Oh my god, he can ride supercross." He never couldn't. yeah yeah it's just crazy man like just the theater of that a2 main event like to me that was one of the more special main events that i remember ever like i don't know that i'll ever forget that main event and the feeling and like i'm so glad that we did that supercross companion live in here and like we had a sick crew and like the reaction uh, like i even i still love watching that back because that to me like that main event, that whole night was just this fucking epic, like, spectacle of this is why we watch Supercross. And it was two of the best dudes that just decided to grab that fucking night by the balls and just literally lay everything on the line. And it's like to have a 16-year-old kid from Australia be the one that that brought that epic main event into the crescendo that it did. It's just like... Dude, that was so special to like be able to watch that the way we did. I'm glad you enjoyed it. 
It sucked being there. Oh, it would have been fucking terrible for you, <laughs> dude. I don't even. I don't even like seeing. I just. Yeah, I'll never forget it. But yeah, I was just like, nah. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was so gutted for Jet, obviously, like as a mate. But then, I, like the media side of me, like knowing what I know about, I guess the yeah I, I don't know how you even just like the marketability like i i know what would come from that is in terms of like yeah the, People, the the legacy that it would create for jet and it it it's done exactly that like people were saying to me after what happened was better than him winning it a hundred percent man as fucked up and as i, I didn't want to say. i didn't want to hear that uh, but like people still say it like you know a lot a lot of a lot of people are like what happened obviously it's a blur because we had to get him off the track, make sure he wasn't hurt. Then we're yeah. with surgeons. So it was, it doesn't, didn't really ever from when you're just in it, like it didn't, it was, it was panic stations to make Phoenix next weekend. That's yeah. what it felt like the moment, moment we knew the injury, could we play it and whatnot. So I didn't rewatch the race. Um, I saw it on Instagram and, and whatnot, but yeah, it, it was a straight hero moment. And, and, There'll be plenty more. Yeah, dude. No, I definitely agree. And I mean, yeah, like I know it's probably and not people something. were people were texting like it, it was it was spec it was special. It mm. was special what he did, and you know, it, it, it'll be, just live. It'll just live way past if he won that race. You know. Yeah. No, for sure. Because then the next one didn't. You know, but he's got to go win that first one, and I think that's the goal for him yeah yeah right? because then it just becomes like that you know a hero's comeback kind of deal um so i'd say let's talk, this sport needs. yeah exa- dude a hundred percent like that marketability and that that personality that that he has like to sort of go and deliver us a race like that and then to back it up with you know a win and then to stay being that that same cool guy like especially at his age and then his brother comes in like it's yeah it, i mean obviously like we're fucking biased as australians but um i i think even in the moto spy i said that that like fuck the australian thing like this kid's just he's the g like this is like the kid that we don't have that we kind of always wanted we've sort of lost this kid from the or these kids from the sport and it's like and i kind of love that when you look at when you look at jet and his attitude and like the things that he'll say and the way that he kind of um will carry himself it almost feels like he is accepting of that position in the sport he doesn't really want to shy away from like being the dude where it's like i'll put on the fucking hero's cape and i'll i'll like kind of risk the the things that come with um you know trying to fly that flag and push the sport into like new territory i guess he's born with built for it. you know his personality is is light-hearted it's it's chill. If yeah. you spoke to Jet, you would after you know, he I think he went P one first practice session. Yeah. And he was just looking for the skateboard so he could just skate behind the back of the truck. Yeah. You know, like he doesn't care. He doesn't this isn't oh this will give me this or this will yeah. if I do this. No, he, he said to it, he, he races for, for his family, he races for that and as comfortable as it is walking down the street, that's him riding a motorcycle kind of fast. And, and uh, 
that's one of I one of his reason he can be so relaxed and so chill and that personality yeah. and then we all encourage it you know you know is because of just the way he approaches racing mm. he ain't stressed that he can't do nothing he ain't stressed that oh my god if this doesn't happen he don't care yeah. he don't care he's going out there to win the main event yeah. and then he, he, that's that's what he wants to do. It doesn't mean anything else, which is a lot of a lot of athletes will be like, "Oh my god, I got to do this in the corner. I got to do that." Jet laughs. At, that that's not Jet. Mm. Not at all. Yeah. Not at all. Maybe ten seconds before the gate drop, he locks on. Yeah. Um. So let's talk about the lights class a little bit. Then you've got um, mm-hmm. a pretty. Well, fuck. The West Coast is kind of done for me, I guess. Like, I don't think Ferrandis is, is, is well, I think Ferrandis is the, one of the best supercrosses in the world. Dude, straight up. Like, out of yeah, everybody. Like, I, I, yeah. Like, you, I think you could put him on a 450 right now. And he's yep. rode him at Paris and whatnot. And he's really good there on a 450. Yeah, I think. You know, he used to battle with Hurling for the world title and whatnot. So yeah. that, like, he's a class act, you know, and he copped all that heat at Anaheim too. Um, he, he's, a, I think he's a class act. I, I'm a, you know, like people have their issues with him. I'm more looking at that ability on that motorcycle, that factor. Yeah. Dude, he. Dude, there's no one that's got big dick energy the way that Dylan Ferrandis has big dick energy. <laughs> like he fucking, he needs a spare yeah. gate next to him, bro. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I. I'm, you know, people personality as a motorcycle racing fan, as if what I'd look for in that, like Ferranis comes with that. It's like a lion. You know what I mean? If you're an animal, if you had to put an animal next to that, that he comes as tough and he makes it, he's going to make it tough on, 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 on a lot of guys moving forward. Yeah. And so what about, um, the East coast? Obviously that's like a little bit of a closer title. Is it like eight points in the East? Yeah. Um, who do you think is going to do the best there? I mean, Shane McElrath, like Shane's obviously, he's actually like, he's a West Coast dude in terms of like where he lives and uh, like grew up and, and has spent the most time training. Um, but, and then you look at Salt Lake, you're looking at some pretty dry, dusty conditions. But like you said, a couple mud races, maybe that sort of plays into the East guys. But where do you see that title coming from? RJ Hampshire. Oh yeah, you fucking guy. I forgot about that. Yeah, um, you can't say anything else other than that. That's fine. No, RJ Hampshire. <laughs> uh, no, I, that one, that title, take RJ out of the picture. Um, how, wait, how far back is RJ? First of all, I think like thirteen, something around oh, there. He's, he's all right. He's in it. He's yeah, in it. No, no, we're not. It's not ugly. Um, I may be wrong. Don't quote me on that. I haven't looked. It sounds right. Let's right. go with that. Okay, so we're we're definitely in that. That series there between McElrath, Sexton, and RJ, that one's going to come down to consistency. That's the one who's going to throw, who's going to drop 25 or who's going to drop 17 or 16 yeah. points in a round. It's so pretty you, easy to I drop 12 it, points. Huh? It's pretty easy to like drop 12 yeah, points. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Like, like it's going to be a different vibe and everything at these races coming up. Yeah. That, that, Dude, anything's going to happen. And, and I again, I, I would just be playing the numbers game. Yeah. Dude, third, 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 third may get it across the line. Yeah. And and so who do you think has 
let's take RJ out of the picture. Uh, I um, think Chase Chase looks a little bit more consistent. Yeah. Um, uh, Chase should be. He's been in you know doing it a while. He should he should get that title um, in the position he's in. Yeah. But again, if he drops sixteen, RJ wins. McElrath finishes th- third. Dude, we now have now that the whole dynamics change, right? And this is why I'm going, especially with these 250 class, this 250 East, is now the dudes are going to be sending it. Yeah. Now it's a straight shootout. And mm. and when it gets pushed to that level, someone ain't going to make it to, you know, someone's mm. going to finish off the ugly, you know, meaning. Yeah. So that one, that one is scary. That's anybody's money. No point. one's gonna. No one's gonna feel comfortable until that last race at East. How do you? How do you think that just the seven rounds over? What What are we gonna be looking at? Like five weekends, essentially. Like, no, how do you three, think that's just gonna sort of play out in general? Well, it's over three weeks, I believe. Oh, you three know? weeks. Three weeks. So seven and three. It's a lot of racing, man. And then like so race. like. The, what's the deal with like testing and riding going to be because like no one can leave salt lake like is, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that's the phone calls you're going through now yeah no one no one knows that for sure like like i filled you in this afternoon it's um that's all going to be ever changing and uh, and whatnot but yeah uh, we're too early to tell we're too early yeah. to tell exactly other boys going to come back here to the house and training you know but then it might only be two days what are you going to do? What are you going to achieve in two days, you know, to worth get coming, flying back and forth and, and whatnot. So mate, right now we, we're all just going to be chilling in Salt Lake city, Utah and, and kind of getting this thing done. It's not a bad place to chill though, to be honest. It's a pretty dope city. Yeah. I, I was kind of, I would have rathered, uh, Phoenix. Yeah. I was going to say, you probably, you probably rather Phoenix. Hey, I ain't fucking mad at Scottsdale either, bro. Yeah, I think it's just, but it's just the dirt and that track would have been better. Um, yeah. If you ask me, my last choice would have been out Salt Lake City, but yeah, but didn't Salt Lake? It's not my, not my call. Didn't um didn't Salt Lake put up a bunch of money though, so that they could actually get the final off Vegas? Yeah, something where the Salt Lake, uh, well Utah tourism, something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah they're on I, they're on like tough blocks, I think. Yeah, they don't give a fuck about dirt. It's <laughs> like bring us the bring us the eyeballs to the city, pretty much. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll yeah. see. Uh, and that stadium sucks too. But well, it's not pretty like empty. <laughs> what um? So what do you think? Like generally, the impact of this whole um COVID nineteen thing is just gonna have on the sport. Like it's kind of gnarly here, dude. Like uh ktm has pretty much i heard and i I've full this is not a fact this is literally what i heard it's off good people but um they ktm and husky pretty much like pulled all their funding uh last i heard they, they'd sacked all the second and third riders on teams but like had kept the first riders and that to take a pay cut but like it seems like it's really fucked up uh the racing side of things over here which was kind of on shaky ground anyway but like, are you guys sort of hearing any stuff that you're going to have to kind of deal with contract wise, manufacturer wise, cuts wise that, I mean, obviously there's probably shit you can't talk about, but like, what's your overall feeling on just the industry in general? 
It's a great question. Um, there's certain facets that are, that are going on right now. Dealerships that are closed obviously can't sell bikes, can't move product right yeah. now. Um, and then in the states they are opening, they can't sell enough bikes per day. Yeah. So I'm not too sure because I was just in, in Ohio and Kevin, Kevin was telling me he bought like a 110 and a, and, and a I don't know, something else. Uh, and he said he, he was essentially lined up for the, for the, in the dealership to, to, to get, the, get the bikes. And the guy said, yeah, we done 230 bikes yesterday. Wow. So these deals, it's so, and then I the other asset is online, direct yeah. to consumer. Any company doing that right now is knocking it out of the park, having that record month, yeah. you know? So it, it's obviously a controversial topic. Like some people are hurting, you know, and we're going to have to be sympathetic to that. But to answer your question, to know what degree we're, we're looking at, I think some are going high and then maybe some are going low, you know, yeah. and it's just really, really kind of picking out who and who and uh, what the business is looking for a break or, you know, or whatnot. Obviously, the guys aren't racing. It's a huge problem. Uh, there's no hiding that, but we are coming back racing now. So I expect I expect things to be on the on up and up. I think the top guys are always going to be top guys. I think the value in racing will not change. The value of having an athlete wear your performance product or wear your or display your logo at the highest level of dirt bike racing in the world, that yeah. doesn't change. In fact, it's going to increase with the TV package this series is going to have. So mm. um, I, I don't think I'll waver on, on anything moving forward right now yeah. and not to not to sound cocky or whatnot but i believe in i believe in the value of a racing i believe in the value of the clients and and regarding the economic climate that will dictate what i got but i i'm i'm not going well it's, maybe it's not worth that much anymore no it's yeah. worth just as much maybe so and then the other crazy thing is just travel man like you know we're not really going to be able to do ozx open if like borders and stuff are closed like the whole travel thing's kind of gnarly, like motocross the nations. I can't see, I can't see how motocross the nations would happen this year. Like, there's definitely. I mean, we're still getting a supercross series, and I'm sure DC is going to put together something for motocross. But I mean, it's going to go down as a pretty fucking weird year across the board, really. Yeah, I, it's it's going to be essentially a bust. Like, we just kind of got to chip away and yeah. kind of just roll with the punches. There's no answer right now. There's a lot of misinformation. Uh, getting around um you know i could give my opinion and be totally wrong or totally right but yeah it's a stab in the dark um certain people are saying there'll be no crowds until there's a vaccine then there's a certain you know side of the story that's saying hey uncle bert with you know diabetes and this probably going to miss the Lakers game this <laughs> this yeah. Thursday. You know, like, you know, it, are we just going to protect those who need protecting? And then, you know, hopefully it doesn't, you know, go. That it's, I'm not an expert in it. I, I'm actually, I've done watching the news and stuff, yeah. like just all misinformation and, and agendas, especially over here that yeah. you really can't get to the bottom of much. So, you know, we, Wasserman, the agency I work with, we're, we're speaking with scientists and government officials, but, 
you know, state to state, it's different. So in California, I don't think California is going to get live events until there's a vaccine. So hectic, eh? You know, but then you could go to Texas and they're like, they're going to be way more relaxed and whatnot. And you can bring a gun. (laughs) Yeah. Come to a live Uh, live event and bring a gun. You good, boys? Yeah, so um, it's it's super unknown territory and if anyone was to go and tell you oh this is what's going to happen they're crazy because it's it's unprecedented unprecedented for the world that that we're dealing with what um how much have you had to do with feld through all this and like what's um did it surprise you how hard they were trying to push to get supercross to be like one of the first sports in america back um back on tv yeah like i said if you asked me hey is this a possibility like five weeks six weeks ago i said no it doesn't fall into their business model we're we're going we're going to be back in september at either st louis or you know where a football stadium is and i would have said end of story the outdoor you know it's going to go the outdoors yeah out of left field out of left field i got a phone call on a friday afternoon saying dude we're pushing it's happening and like out of the blue like it wasn't like oh my god this is potentially working on and and whatnot it was out of the blue actually i had like five shitty phone calls that day and i'm like dude this this is a disaster like like this thing sucks this is (laughs) this is turning a, a nightmare um and then boom out of nowhere and, and I heard before, like, we should try to become the first sport back. Like, team owners were, certain team owners were saying that. And yeah. that was before that. But I thought it was like, yeah, again, it doesn't fall into what they're going to have to do to do it with no fans in the stadium. So, for them, I was blown away. So, my dealings with them has just been super supportive and, and whatever we can do with the athletes uh, and assets and creating creating some stuff for them yeah yeah i wonder if this is like something going forward then that um because i mean me personally like and like i said i'm i'm fucking i'll admit that i've kind of talked my fair share of shit um and fell with the things that need i think could be done better but i mean like i th- every sport could be better you know what i mean it's like if it's not for the people that are invested in the sport and in especially on like a media front it's like if we can't kind of criticize the governing body then I mean, what are we sort of here for, sort of deal? But it, it's I guess it's never come from like a an angle of like condemnation, you know, like fuck those guys. No, no. But- Roger Goodell and Roger Goodell in the NFL, he gets roasted and booed. Yeah. You know, the NHL commissioner, he gets roasted. Like they're, in a, you know, and they have a figurehead, so there's always commissioner of that, and you know, yeah. So they they boo that. The only commissioner I think everyone really likes is the NBA guy, you know, and Dana White, uh, I think. Oh yeah, yeah, they love him. Um, genius, by the way. Genius. Yeah, yeah, complete genius. genius. Uh, um, but so, I think this men's stuff, like, I, bet- I mean, for me, like, it men's my. Uh, not that I have a relationship with Feld, and you know what I mean, but I think it definitely puts me in a good headspace. Like, all right, all right. There's obviously there's room for improvement, but I don't feel like a redheaded stepchild anymore as like a Supercross fan. I'm like, these guys really are like wanting to 
to make it happen. And obviously financially it makes sense for them to like have any of their events running. But to me, this seems like kind of a step forward for the sport just in general. Yeah. Big time, big time. Like <clears throat> I couldn't be any, any more stoked on, on what they did, how they did it. You know, the, the, the amount of calls they must have been on and having oh. to make do it, it astronomical what how they've got it to get to this point um and just fingers crossed that it continues and goes all the way through yeah well um i don't know man i think we've pretty much covered it i um yeah i was pretty stoked to see a, a text from you uh from you today that with that sort of info so obviously we'll wait to drop it so no one gets in trouble but um but yeah man i've, I've yeah. been i've been wanting to get you on to do something like this for ages man like you're one of the guys that i talk to the most in terms of like boots on the ground over there and uh and you've never talked shit to me ever like <laughs> your information is always as good <laughs> as good as it gets so i was excited yeah. to see that text and i'm stoked we actually got to jump on a call for a bit we need to maybe make this a bit more of a regular thing i think no definitely i think you guys are doing awesome i've known you for ages um uh so yeah i'm hopefully i didn't bore everyone with my nonsense no nah, you're good homie you're good <laughs> all right well um, no no i'm really stoked really stoked to come on there and you know reach out and you know uncover it so no know, I, I appreciate um yeah i appreciate you always giving us uh you know keeping us in the, in the loop with with what's going on like i said like i mean it's sort of i never want to be putting out information that isn't right as much as i can even though i say dumb shit all the time but for the most part i try and be pretty factual and you're the guy that i trust pretty much the most yeah, to, I, to and, deliver that and you know? to be honest i i deal with every media the same way like yeah i i think if the truth can be told tell it you know yeah. like if, if there is something there that that what what does oppressing not telling journalists or, or our media yeah. and not creating story headlines. It's that to me backwards. And look, I'll always tell it straight. I tell it, tell it how it is to, to everyone, you know? Yeah. I don't care. I sleep just fine. You know, the thing, if you don't I mean, do it, it's, it's been one of my things just in general doing this show is that I like, you know, you know, I'm a massive UFC fan. Um, and I look at, I mean, part of my motivation for doing like Supercross Companion, like obviously it's just a fucking, it's what Rogan does with the Fight Companion. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. they, they have absolutely nailed the, the media side of the UFC. And to me, like I, I want to get this particular show to the point where we're grabbing the attention of the dudes that kind of like, they just the heart, like in MMA, they call it casuals. Like the cat, they know, they know fucking dick. They've never trained. They've never fought. They've never done anything yet. That sport can appeal to all of those casuals. And it's like, yep. I'm, I'm kind of enjoying seeing some of like our YouTube comments and stuff. Like they're obviously coming from casuals and I'm like, fuck yeah, we're starting to get, you know, like I'm thinking about the thumbnails that we're posting now. It's like, I want this thumbnail to appeal to fucking casuals man that have no mm -hmm. they could not tell you more than three riders on any particular race weekend they're the people that we need to have in the sport like people that want to go onto youtube they subscribe just for the fucking drama like the shit that we yeah. talk and it's like 
no one seems to want to in my eyes it's like no one's wanted to like put themselves out there like you're the agent that i talk to the most and it's like you're my fucking ari gold like that's a great character you know like people should want to kind of hear from from that character there's there's amazing characters in this sport but i just i don't know for whatever reason it, it seems like it hasn't been embraced in the same way i mean it's definitely uncomfortable to to go through some of the commentary that you have to kind of get uh, in an online forum, like, you know, like a place like YouTube, but fuck man, our biggest month, we're hitting like a million people. And it's like, there ain't yeah, a million people like... going to a fucking supercross stadium. It's like, we, uh. we should be trying to do this. There, there should be more communication from, um, I mean, agents, media, like even fell talking to guys like, you know, the UFC model, the way they've done, it, it's just fucking amazing. And, and I think that, like, you you get, I, like, I think we both get it, and that's why I kind of enjoy yeah, the I, conversations we have. And I, I couldn't agree more. Like, there are some storylines that that have happened in the past that I've heard about, and I'm like, how did that just not go public? That just would have been so cool. And, yeah. and like, the Villapoto thing. I'm like, be you. Be you. To Jet, Hunter, RJ, all that. Hey, if you're pissed off, tell them you're pissed off. Yeah. Right? Don't say anything offensive or saying, but if, if someone does you wrong, I mean, tell them, yeah. mate, get up there, tell it how it is. You know, yeah. I couldn't be any more like, like the casuals, like you said, the casuals, how do you turn them into full-time fans? Drama, We've bro. We've got to create storylines. Yeah. We've got to create storylines and we've got to have those people like you, other weege guys like that, Mathis. Guys like that telling it in the right way, creating these storylines, and it's gonna it's gonna grow the sport. But yeah. if it's just a if it's just a uh, Monday morning factory press release about what happened on the weekend, look, my bike was looking good, first qualifying didn't, bro. No one gives a fuck. Go get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Like that crap needs to go. Yeah. Like Jet, if you're pissed off, I mean, go let them know. Don't tell me. Go let them know. I'll say that at the podium. <laughs> You know, yeah. go let them know. You know, obviously, you within reason, you don't want him to go out there and cuss out. But yeah. I, I don't want him to get up there. You know, the kid's going to be pissed, and then he gets up, you know, shakes the guy hand, guy's yeah. hand. No, if you're pissed, let people know how you feel. Then well, you that, can change. That shit and made Chad a hero, huh? That shit made Chad a fucking hero, like the hands yeah. on the neck and the, you know, the stare downs yeah. between him and James, like it immortalizes you. Yeah. No, big time. I, I, I'll I only ever get mad at a client if they pussyfoot around, around a truth or, a, yeah. or what happened, you know, I, I'm strong for telling how it is. I'm yeah. strong to hold people accountable for their actions at that time, you yeah. know, and, and I could be wrong and people go, that's not right. That's not, No. As a public athlete, as a public forum, it's way different. People yeah. can display their who they are through social media stories all day. But then you're telling me now you're going to be this different guy when, when you're in, on your job. Yeah. It's not going to engage anything, you know? Yeah. I like I to do, think, like, you know, guys. I'm sorry to interrupt you there, bro. I, I do understand it, though, because, like, I've definitely being around riders when you just you just deal with the fucking bullshit like especially kenny early on in his career like when we would do a lot of filming it's like he kind of tried to have that personality and then even kenny sort of just i guess essentially oh, beats like, it out of you it, yeah just been beaten down you know but yeah. even to like 
even to the media stuff, dude, like I heard, um, like I, I heard that math has had an issue with some shit that I said. Um, mm-hmm. and it was in the, the Hill podcast and like, I don't really, I don't really know Mathis. I don't listen to his stuff, but I don't listen to anybody's stuff. So like, mm-hmm. I, I don't really hear a lot of what gets said. Something got back to me that he didn't appreciate the way I spoke to him about the Hill comments. And his argument was, um, I don't know if you heard, heard about, like heard what I said, but it was basically like in the Hill podcast, he was telling me that like Mathis was calling Hill a stoner before Hill had ever smoked weed. And he's like, uh-huh. he's like, fuck, at one point I was a stoner, but like when it was literally affecting my career and I had to do like drug tests at 17, but I'd never even done a drug. He's like, that all came from like one fucking journalist. And then the, I kind of got stuck into Mathis about that. Cause I was like, fuck man. Like, it's kind of weird for a 40 year old dude to just like fully fucking accuse a kid of doing drugs that actually hasn't, you know, but it's like, yeah, it, it, his argument back to that was like, oh, well, he was an athlete. And it's like, no matter how old he is, you're susceptible to that as an athlete. Fair enough. But then it's like, can Ariel Hawani get fucking roasted when he gets something wrong, like in UFC or when, if, if like a, if a UFC analyst calls out someone for being on steroids when they're not, it's like, can that dude be held accountable? But it's like, to me, I've, if Mathers made a fucking video talking shit on me, talking shit on him, totally down with it. Like, I don't give a fuck. Like, because you know what? Mm-hmm. It's probably pretty interesting for people to to see that kind of, you know what I mean? That kind of interaction between two dudes on different sides of the world doing, a, you know, like a similar job. Yeah, see, I can't comment on, on that situation. Wasn't yeah. there, didn't hear it, whatnot. But yeah. like, uh, to be fair, I, re- I think a lot of Steve... You know, um, I think he, I speak to him a lot and, and he does, I think the product he delivers now is, is, is opinion, but it's also researched opinion. That's all anyone could ask for, you know? So me personally, and I think it's good. These guys might have beef. Yeah. I'm the same. Fucking Because it's easy to understand. It's easy to understand. Yeah. And And like I said, I can't comment. I don't know that situation well at all enough to go one was right or one's the other but i know who steve is now jace and, and and i think he's super thorough and and finger on the pulse of on a lot a lot of stuff like and the only thing i ever ask for journalists like guys is if you to write about me or write about something or or you know comment on something i'll only get mad if you don't you get it wrong but you never called me yeah right Right, that, that's when I'll get mad if you if you go down that road and you didn't call me and I could have gave you the truth. Yeah. Right? But if you if journalists were to do that, I would have a big problem with it and I'd call them and I'd, you know, essentially blacklist them with myself. But, you know, I can talk on Steve now. Like he, he, he's a finger on the pulse and, and, and yeah, I respect I respect Steve. Well, yeah, I mean, it's not even the point. It's not even the fact that I don't, you know what I mean? But in terms yeah. of like, in terms of that particular conversation, it's like, man, fuck, if you think I'm a wanker for saying that, like, you can totally say that. Like, I'm fucking cool with it. That can be, there can be that thing that then we go back and forth. Because again, it's like, I know as a fan of other sports, like, I kind of enjoy that shit. I kind of enjoy watching that storyline play out because it's like, we all fucking see the race. The race goes for 20 minutes. What else, you know, 
It's like what this kind Sports of Center? stuff. Sports Center on a Sunday night plays all the controversial stuff of football that day. Yeah, they're not. They're not saying, "Hey, Tampa Bay beat the Lions in just a real neat game of football, and it was just a real great game, and everyone had fun out there." Fuck no, those boys, they all had straight, a go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just great. Like they just look like the, it was just the best game of football you ever seen. No, it goes straight to the fight that happened between the Browns and Steelers. It'll go straight to the controversy, something that the coach said after the game, where he called these offensive line garbage. You know, that's what ESPN leads with. They sell a product, and they're pretty damn good at it, and it's sports, right? Yeah. And, and, and that's what they do, and we've got to be the same way, you know? Yeah, and, and I definitely, like, I don't want to get into... It's, like, hard because I don't want to sound like I'm advocating for everybody just to talk shit, but it's, like, that, was, that wasn't fake. Like, we didn't have to manufacture that. Like, I'd heard from people, like, from people we both know that... It was like, he was upset about it. And it's like, I, if I heard someone say that about me, I would have been upset in the same way. But I mean, I was just like, fuck, like, that's fine. Like, I'm, I think that this is like the kind of conversation that is okay in my, in my mind, but it just, it doesn't seem to, I think maybe yeah. it's because the industry is so small. Everyone has to see each other all the time. Like, I guess in the NFL, it's not like these dudes are bumping into each other daily or you know what i mean i, I don't know it's, it's just a it's a little bit different and i think that especially in like the youtube space and watching how other things do in youtube it's like there's definitely um yeah i feel like we're we're not ticking some boxes that i think could like help bring in casual fans yeah no i agree i agree i think you know the success of your show the success of all these third-party media not tied to stuff you guys will become more successful as as the sport grows and when success meaning advertising dollars and you know viewership and uh, you know and you know just content shares and, and and whatnot the more you have a jet lawrence that yeah for, let's, let's say faulkner comes in and then for and jet runs up the podium and then just get like lets him know that i you know not cool right yeah what are you going to talk about all week yeah. You're going to talk about Jet Lawrence and Austin Faulkner going head to head next on Saturday night at nine o'clock, 9 p.m. Yeah. You know? And I mean, there's, it, there's a certain level of like respect that you've got. I, I think that you've got to have for people personally. And like, personally, in terms of my respect for Steve, like, fuck, that dude's done so much in the sport. Like, it is pretty gnarly what that guy has been able to achieve. So, in terms of like, on a personal level, there'd be no thing that he would like say to me professionally that would make me not like him personally if that makes sense if he yeah. said shit about me personally then i'd be like oh well, you're a fucking dick you don't even know me but in terms of yeah. like him as a professional saying that podcast you did with hill was fucking lame like blah 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 like there's there would be zero offense taken to that i'd be like it'd make me look at what i said critically which i kind of went back and did anyway and then yeah. it's like then that's just more shit for everyone to fucking talk about. No, for sure. For sure. Like, like the amount of people that might don't like me, you know, obviously my job, like uh, four people want something and only one can get it. Three yeah. people blame me yeah. <laughs> who miss out. You know, my job's not to be Mr. Popular. It's to be Mr. Popular with my writers, right? So I do, it, it, I've always heard, oh, this guy don't like you. This guy, that's fine. That's fine. I don't care. 
You know, yeah. I have enough friends and whatnot. And at the end of the day, if I go to bed, I go to bed knowing I made life better for my athletes a little bit or made leaps and bounds on one person or something. I could give two, two, two shits what people think of me or professionally. Yeah. And I'm the same way. If you talk about me personally or my personal life and then have a dig, we're going to have an issue. Yeah. But if you just say, hey, Myrtle screwed up that deal, for the, you know, Thor wanted this guy, but Myrtle went and took it to Fox, right? He's a dick or whatever. Yeah, sure. Probably yeah. does. Yeah, yeah, like, sorry, it's, it's professional sports. It's high pressure. It's high volume. It's, 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 it's performance. The whole world watches. So, you know, you have to, you have to make decisions on behalf of with athletes on behalf of them, themselves that, and you gotta fucking live. Like, you got a house you want to buy. You know what I mean? Like, there's just a, there's a certain like economics to it where you can't be mad at people for that sort of shit. No, and definitely as you get into professional sports, you become people have more and more opinions of who you are, what you could be, or you know, and they get it through a little a little blurry glass window half the time, and you know it doesn't matter. As long I always say, as long as they pronounce my name right, I've already won. As long as they know who you are, I've already won. So you're talking about me, you're, you know, you know, I'm, I'm already five steps ahead or we're already shooting the stars. And yeah. as you become super busy and in life in general, when you become super busy and focused on a goal, you, you're blinders. You can't even see the noise. You know, you can't even see who's making jokes or opinions or whatnot. Yeah. So I, I, you know, pref, you know, call me what you want. Just don't call me late for dinner is what I heard. <laughs> My mom told me, you know, just don't disrespect me, you know. Yeah, yeah, and, and I yeah. and I feel and I feel the same way, and I, I just think that yeah, we're we're in a time, man, where like independent people can do really cool fucking shit. Like Steve can do his cool show. Like I can try and do my show as cool as I can do it. Um, then you've got, you know, Ricky and Emig that are doing their thing. Like it's fucking cool, man. And and there's never like a thing with me where. Um, I think that there's not enough room for people either. Like that's sort of, to me, I've, I want this whole space to do well, like a rising tide floats all boats essentially, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah. I think that now with the technology that we have, the, with, you know, the internet, with the access that we've got with just the general media landscape, it's like, we could really make it a difference. Um, you know, by just through our own channels and it's like grab a specific audience, grow that audience and turn these like kind of casual people that might see a fucking clickbait a YouTube thumbnail and you know, like six, 700,000 views on that video. It's like you, you're not getting 600,000 people at, in the Anaheim stadium. It's like, we, this is moto. Like we, we want supercross and motocross to have as many fucking eyeballs as possible. And it's like, this, this is, there's a formula, like other sports have done it. And it's like, we just, we've got to execute that, that similar formula. And I think we can, we've got a fucking rad sport, man. We've got great personalities, you know, even a guy like yourself, like there's so many people that are, that are in this sport that, um, that, yeah, we can, we can like, essentially do what these other sports have done that have blown up so massive over the last like kind of 10 years you know and, and the encouraging thing is to be the optimist and and you know i think it is going that way yeah like, I same, think there's some great young talented people that i get to work with these guys like you that i think we're we're about to take that next step i think there's some great young athletes like you know 
America has Max Volan coming up. You know, there's yeah. Styles Robertson. There, there's a great people. Yeah, there's great people that are working with me on those clients to to ensure their success. To ensure we get the Tom Brady, we get the yeah. LeBron, we get the next. You know, and we can create a superstar. And it, and it has been missing, and it has been stale. You know, we you know where we've got to build superstar after superstar and legacy yeah. after legacy. And yeah. it feels like that's gone a little, you know, since maybe Dungey and Ryan, but they, yeah. they never really won the personality contests either when yeah. they were racing. So like if my mark was on the sport, it was like, Oh, you always knew a Lucas model guy. Cause they either tell it how it is. And, and they were fun. And they got more non-endemic deals because of, you know, just the certain situations my style to represent an athlete and represent an athlete successfully going forward in the digital age and, you know, and the content age is to, you know, be outgoing, be yourself and, you know, be very yeah. open and honest, you know, yeah. kind of, um, I think kind of like how Pastrana was in those days, kind of being an open, open book. And, you know, that's what, what I would like that legacy and, and, and that's my vision where the sport is going. So I think it's in good hands. And I want, all, like, there's a lot of old, old, old school thinking involved, which is frustrating. Hey, they're all going to fucking retire soon. They'll all be, exactly. they'll be dead it's, and fucking gone. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it, it's going to be, it's going to be exciting. And I'm, I'm stoked on, on, on the space and, you know, sports in general, and especially, I love it. It's the best. Yeah, no, nah, dude. Yeah. And I think too, like we're, we're in a good place too now, like in my opinion, because like I understand the reason why guys um, have wanted to shy away from being outgoing and, and sort of like having any of that, their own real personality, because the media kind of would shit on them. Like, and again, to use that, that Hill thing, like Hill fucking hated the media because of that, that whole deal that went down. And it's like, mm -hmm. that's where when I heard like just as a human reaction to a 16 year old kid get, uh, have that reaction to stuff that was said about him and whatever, like, yep, professional athlete, all good. But it's like that reaction that he had to, to those kinds of, um, accusations around him. Like it changed his view on the sport. It changed his love of the sport. It changed because he didn't have like, essentially like he didn't have a platform to then, uh express himself and to say like dude i've never even fucking smoked weed before it's like well we all know the hill now and like he'll tell you exactly what he's done now but at that time it's like he didn't have his own platform he didn't have his own voice essentially it's like he kind of uh it was still heavily the magazine era and it's like where does he get to then have his statement whereas i think nowadays athletes and i look at kenny like kind of when kenny was sort of the wild child, like social media wasn't as big as it is now, but I think now it's like, and I mean, Cooper was a great example of it at, at Hangtown. Like he was at Hangtown where he just sort of went on Instagram and just fucking like went off about it. And it's like, he got to have his say and like yeah. tell his side of the story. So it's almost like nowadays, I think you can be yourself because you've got your own platform. These guys all have fuck loads of followers so it's like say what you want to the media say what you want on the podium and if dickheads like me want to fucking roast you for it then 
fuck it. You've got your own platform anyway, so you can just turn back around Instagram live, go out to everybody and say like, hey man, that was fucking full of shit. Whatever that gypsy dude said about me, he's a fucking idiot. <laughs> Obviously, they're not yeah, going to yeah. use it that colorful, no. but it's like they, they have that their own platform now. So it's like, to me, I, I'm like, hey boys, go fucking nuts now. Like you're safe from yeah. the media shit that used to cut you down in the past. Well, the, back then there was a lot of misinformation, not talking about that situation, but back then there was a lot of misinformation. Rumor right? me, yeah. Like, like and it really was. But now, dude, I, I can know everything about everything all day long, you know, essentially through social media. You know, yeah. I'll, know who, I'll know who was writing where, who was there. Oh, how did he look? I saw him in the background of his shot, you know? Yeah. Or yeah. You, you just know, you, you generally know. So it is a fortunate situation better you know yeah, way better in that time, way better because at that time if you did something you didn't know if it got misconstrued or whatnot i think i think media is very accountable i think it's very accessible for them to get the knowledge now you know um so the, I, I don't believe there should be misinformation or or spins or, or half truths in, yeah, in our because... sport i think the storylines don't need them the story the straight up the storylines don't need it the truth yeah. the truth and it's pretty pretty entertaining and, and engaging through motocross and supercross I, yeah. I think it is an engaging sport and a lot of sports probably aren't because you have so many different aspects to talk about a motorcycle mechanics fitness team ability personality monster off the bike girls. on the yeah monster girls <laughs> yeah you know like like walking so walk the track with his missus yeah uh well i will um yeah no i really appreciate you coming on man it was uh it was cool to, to have yeah. a chat and uh yeah i definitely think uh i think we'll have to cross to uh cross to you a bunch more times over the next few weeks as this uh this gets going and um and yeah i really appreciate you um keeping us in the loop with that so that we're able to sort of be on it have a bit of a discussion and um when this press release goes live tomorrow from feld we'll um we'll put this up and and hopefully people can get some good information out of it and um and yeah definitely awesome mate well i appreciate it and uh we gonna get a one or what yeah whenever he's driving back he's very mad at me why i flew what back oh, flew. I, yeah i flew and he wanted me to You're drive back the 40 hours you were the like, champ, gotta, bro. i'm like i'm in the trenches i got an hour and a half layover in dallas that's what i was telling him all day bro i'm in <laughs> dallas I got a dang layover he was just so mad oh so mad. so funny dude so I'd be like, bro, you, you were the you? champ, man. You were the champ, all right? You can't just be fucking yeah. expecting I'm going to sit in that car the whole time. <laughs> Not a chance, mate. I couldn't think of anything worse. That's fucking funny. All right, bro. Well, um, yeah, I really appreciate it, man. I'll, um, I'll talk to you soon. All right. Mate. Take care, mate. Thanks again, bro. See you, bro. All right. Luke's Myrtle, everybody. Um, yeah, that was, that was rad. Uh, stoked to get his, uh, his opinion on it all. Um, we will, yeah, like I said, we're doing this obviously the day for everybody to see it just because there's a bit of, I don't want to be that fucking guy. I don't want to be that guy that goes in, gets the scoop and then drops it. I, f I looked at some stuff from, uh, Racer X. Like it's pretty obvious everyone knows what's going on, uh, in the media side of things now, but, um, yeah. I don't want to be the guy that fucking drops it over everybody else. So um, this will come out tomorrow morning. Hopefully it gives you a bit of good insight. I might try and set up some similar calls just to do a bit more bench racing because, yeah, it's super exciting. Um, and, yeah, thanks so much to Myrtle. He's a fucking good dude, man. Like, he's a 
He's a really, 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 really good dude. Um, he had my back a bunch when I was over in the States and, uh, he's definitely like a mover and shaker. He knows, he pretty much knows what's going on at all times in the sport. So, um, yeah, stoked to get him on. That's a real treat, uh, for, for us, um, to get, yeah, that kind of, that kind of insight and yeah, hopefully Villapoto, uh, on the show at some point soon, which would be pretty rad. So, um, yeah, appreciate you guys for watching slash listening. Uh, and yeah, uh, also, if you made it this far, um, subscribe and uh, hit the bell notification too, because that YouTube's one of the, it's like Instagram, it's like everything. Even though uh, even though you're subscribed, you might not get them uh, these shows show up. So um, that definitely helps us as well. Uh, I'm wearing the Gypsy Tales merch right now. Um, you can head to our Instagram. Pretty sure that link is in our bio, but just search Gypsy Tales Shopify on Google. Um, and then that's going to take you to our online store. And that definitely helps us. We ship to the US as well as, uh, pretty much everywhere else in the world. So thanks very much, uh, to Luke's metal for coming on. Thanks everybody for watching slash listening. And, uh, yeah, we're going to keep you up to date over the next, uh, next few weeks. Peace.